anticipated sleep part two episode. Woohoo. So medicine, you know, you have to understand what's normal before you can talk about what's abnormal. So if you haven't already uh, listened to our sleep part one episode, I would strongly recommend you go and listen to that before we go on. Yes, even though this episode is going to be way more lit. Yeah. You got to start with the foundation. Exactly. You can't you can't cut corners in Mm-mm. podcast listening. Mm-mm. It's like <laughs> studying for your boards. Right? If you skip a topic you don't like, well, you're going to fail. Yeah, exactly. So, don't fail our podcast. No. We'll, we're watching. Okay, so just to go over a couple of definitions. Um, parasomnia is ab- their abnormal behaviors that occur uh, during sleep and waking. And dysomnia is a do- disorder of the circadian rhythm or your internal clock. So I just wanted to define, um, you know, to define those terms and um, we'll go into kind of what the differences are. So did you know that <laughs> you've heard of sleepwalking. Yeah. There's also sleep eating. Mm-hmm. Sleep sex. Mm-hmm. And sleep driving. Well, people do a lot of these things on Ambien, which is why a good psychiatrist never prescribes Ambien, but a lot of primary care physicians do. So if you're listening and you prescribe Ambien, please stop doing it. <laughs> Just saying. You were not shy about offering no. that up at all. Nope. Nope. Yeah. No, It. I've heard horror stories, as I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. And not just, and really, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. You're not above the effects of Ambien. I'd say about 90% of people who take Ambien, like, do something crazy, like, if people take it enough, they'll crash a car and like just total a car in the middle of the night. Yeah, I, I've heard, I think it was a, a, one of my attendings, I think I was on ob was telling us how one time he just came to and was driving. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even know where he was driving to. He doesn't remember any of it. That's yeah. crazy. Once I took it on a flight and I'm surprised I made it home. <laughs> I really wasn't thinking. I was just like, oh, I should, this is a red eye. I should take it to sleep. No, bad idea. Never taken it since then. Interesting. Well, as long as you weren't flying the plane. No, no. I was a passenger aboard. (laughs) Probably looked so. That is such a bad joke. I mean, honestly, (laughs) I can only imagine the people who were looking at me. They, I'm sure they thought I was on like crazy drugs. Like who even knows? sure I looked wild. <laughs> Those days are in the past. Ambien Chronicles. <laughs> All right. So before we get into, I don't know how we want to do this. Maybe before we get into some stories, some crazy sleep stories, um, I'll talk about um, an actual disease. So this is fatal familial insomnia. <gasps> I've heard of this. <sighs> but not really, so continue. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I've learned about this, I've studied it, um, but I basically got some of this information um, from the National Organization of Rare Diseases, also mm-hmm. known as NORD, 
Nord alert. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so essentially, it's, um, it's a rare genetic disorder, but it may also be sporadic. So your genes, it's possible that a new mutation could, could come mm -hmm. up. And it runs in families. And basically, it's a progressive, it's, it's progressive but neurodegenerative, meaning that over time you're getting less and less sleep, um, and that comes with uh, dementia as well. And mm. essentially, you're so sleep deprived that you fall into a coma and, you know, and, and die, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like it's a terrible, terrible disease, and I'm glad that it's so rare. Um, I've never seen it in my illustrious yeah. long career. <laughs> <laughs> I only heard about it in med school and yeah. never seen it in real life, which is a good thing. Right. So let me, if that wasn't cool enough for you, let me hit you with the, uh, the pathology here. Ew. Yeah. So basically the gene mutation causes your, the, some proteins in your brain to not fold correctly. So you mm -hmm. have all of these mm -hmm. misshapen proteins and once they're not folded properly they're not functional mm -hmm. so not only can it be a uh, genetic but if you eat the brain of somebody <gasps> with this with this disorder you too will get it how did they find that out someone was out there eating brains yes Ugh. yeah people are wild so ritualistic cannibalism mm. it's called kuru oh gosh and you may have heard of mad cow disease. Yes, yes, yes. That was, um, and we'll, we'll do a whole, I think we should do a whole episode on that. But um, essentially, you know, mad cow disease was from eating uh, the meat that was infected with these prions. And prions are actually thought of to be essentially infectious, you know, mm -hmm. intransmissible. Mm -hmm. So um, you can kind of think of it like a, a bacteria or a virus, uh, something along those lines. So, you know, what's interesting is if we have a patient who we suspect of having uh, CJD, mad cow disease, mm -hmm. um, it's a it's, it's a progressive, very rapidly deteriorating disease. If if we really think that somebody may have it and we want to rule it out, um, it's so infectious that um, some people won't even do lumbar punctures to sample the CSF. Um, I think entire ORs have to be completely sterilized, mm -hmm. disposable equipment if they can, um, if we're doing a brain biopsy. So I have to ask, as a neurologist, have you ever seen like mad cow disease? Yes. It's, it's, no, it's known as uh, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. Yeah. And um, I, I've seen it twice, I okay. think. Okay, okay. And um, it's it's really sad, and um, I think one of the hallmarks is this myoclonic jerking that, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. they get, um, and it's just it's it's sad, and it's rare. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just seeing it because it's yeah. neurology. So when you saw it, can this diagnosis occur with like clinically? Like, can you? see the myoclonic jerks mm -hmm. and have like a good idea and any testing would be like confirmatory at that point. That's correct. Um, you know, it's, it's very, very, very rapid mm -hmm. and uh, we'll do an episode on, on dementias as well, but, um, it's, you know, it's different dementias can kind of have patients deteriorate at different rates. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
essentially if we're suspecting it, we do, we obtain this spinal fluid Mm -hmm. and we send for three specific uh, tests and they take forever to come back. Um, But in the meantime, if we do an EEG testing the brain waves, there's a very specific characteristic um, pattern that we'll see. And then also uh, MRI will show kind of this highlighted area along the cortex it's called a ribboning so we can have a pretty good suspicion pretty Mm -hmm. and we've ruled out everything else like uh, you know infections meningitis things like that so um putting it all together by the time we get those tests back um, yeah we usually have our answer so um there is have you heard of a neuric stupor no i don't think i have it's spelled O-N-E-I-R-I-C. So basically, it's acting out your simple daily activities either during sleep or in a state of wakefulness. And you can see this with uh, the fatal familial insomnia, and it's also seen in Morvan syndrome, which is another neurodegenerative kind of confusional, a lot of uh, autonomic you know, symptoms with that. So those are kind of how they're all related. Beautiful segue into REM sleep behavior disorder. And if you did your homework and listened to sleep part one, you'd know that REM stands for rapid eye movement, right? Which is a specific stage of sleep. And I hope you all have had the opportunity to see someone like sleeping and their eyes moving rapidly because it's pretty freaky. (laughs) Have you seen it? Because I definitely have like a handful of times. Yes. So my boyfriend, um, I fall asleep very easily. Like yeah, we'll you be, do. We'll be watching TV and it's I'm pretty just wild. Out. Yeah. And you're like a log that has to be carried places. Yeah. Dragged. I like yeah. punched you one time while you were sleeping and you stayed out. Yeah. No, you can drop a bomb. And which is, I think it's a survival mechanism for me because <laughs> of the cats that walk across my face all night. <laughs> so I think it's so that I don't know that they're there. But he, you know, likes to mess with me and he'll like open my eyes and he'll be like, oh my God, your eyes were moving back and forth. It was so weird. I'm like, no, that's, that's normal. I'm in REM sleep. Please leave me alone. Um, But so anyway, we're, we dream most prominently in, in REM sleep. So if we acted out our dreams, that could lead to some problems. Yeah. Um, I like to reference the scene (laughs) The scene in Step Brothers where they both sleepwalk. <laughs> Wait, what? Step Brothers, right? The movie. Okay, yeah, I have, know that have, movie. Have you seen it? Yes, but I'm not. I can't like bring it to mind right now. So, what scene are we referencing? So, um, the boys, well, they're men. You know, they. It's like their first night. They're they move into the new house or the yeah. father's house, and then they both get up and sleepwalk, and they, like, put the pillows in the oven. <laughs> they, like, throw things out of the fridge, and they just say whatever. Perfect. And um, it's it's really, it's, it's a great scene. So I'm referencing that. But so basically what the body does to kind of make sure that this doesn't happen is it turns off all our muscle, no muscle tone, except for eye movements and breathing. So if that doesn't happen people can act out their dreams Mm -hmm. and it's to the point where and this is where you really have to ask your patients you know do you punch kick in your sleep yell cry out and um 
they the reason that this is important is 60% of the time it's just idiopathic, which means it's not related to any other disease or anything else. Um, but sometimes it can be associated uh, with Parkinson's and some mm-hmm. other neurodegenerative yeah. diseases. I remember reading that. And the, the uh, REM sleep behavior disorder can precede the diagnosis by up to a decade. What about like I think I've come across in my very lengthy career a lot of vets with PTSD that like will be acting out their nightmares and like assault their wives even accidentally that may not be from the PTSD but I will tell you that's so interesting wait oh my god I'm gonna jump down this wormhole stay with me okay veterans (laughs) Mm -hmm. not veterinarians that's what we're talking about (laughs) may and the I'm not an expert in any of this. Mm-hmm. May have been exposed to Agent Orange, which yeah, can cause Parkinson's. So maybe they're they're manifesting the early stages of Parkinson's because mm-hmm. they're also the right age. Yeah, usually yeah. in their 60s, 70s, that's when we see this, and yeah. it's mostly male. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, I think in general we just end up throwing prezosin at them, which is this. Mm. The, it's a medication used really commonly when people complain of nightmares because it, I think why it works by like essentially, what is it, shorten your time in REM yeah. sleep or whatever, yeah. and that's how it can hit the nightmares. I might be saying that wrong. I'm just speaking without looking into any of this, but I know we give it to the vets a lot and also other people, but anyone who's complaining of nightmares related to PTSD and all of that stuff. So two things that I want to say. The one is that nightmares are associated with the REM sleep behavior disorder. Mm-hmm. Usually they have very vivid, scary dreams. Okay. The second thing I want to say is you want to be careful with medications that can decrease lengths of certain stages of yeah. sleep because you need them. And mm-hmm. I think benzos, getting back to the topic of that, can decrease. I think N3 is really the most important stage that we need. Um in terms of memory and, you know, health. So um, you want to be careful with taking too many medications that could alter the length of the stages. Yeah, and I think it's something that, you know, there is awareness of, but then at the same time, if someone's having, like, nightmares so bad that it's making them not want to sleep or, you know, it's really detrimental at that point, it's like, okay. I mean, then that's why people end up, uh, like, self-medicating. So, for example, um, alcohol shortens your REM sleep and so therefore a lot of people well people use it to fall asleep number one because it makes you fall asleep easier even though your amount of time that you spend in sleep will be shorter so um you know I think I want to keep people from self-medicating yeah um melatonin and valerian root even though it smells like feet um sleepy time tea you know try to keep it natural yeah all right so um this is fun. Um, there is a syndrome called exploding head syndrome. I've heard of this, but I can't remember what it is. So it's it's benign. Um, mm-hmm. it, it can be a form of, of migraine, um, but it's just when you're just as you're falling asleep, you wake up from this loud sound. It's not a real sound. It's, it's either a sensation of exploding or bursting or a sound, and it wakes you up from your sleep. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's, it sounds annoying more than anything, but it can be associated with stress and sleep deprivation. Ooh. So um, that I don't have much more to say 
I feel like a lot of people who experience that think they have like brain cancer. It makes makes sense. And, And it's so interesting because when I'm evaluating a patient with migraines or, or even headaches, the way they describe, they'll say sometimes that it feels like their head's exploding or Mm -hmm. their head's expanding. And, um, I I think that that's all related to the pain sense, the, you know, pain receptors in the brain. And there's a lot of muscles attached there that actually can be what you're sensing. Yeah. So that, you know, that one's up there. If, if anyone has any experience with that, you know, I, tell us about it so okay so I think now before we get into my all-time favorite sleep disorder I think it's it's story time okay what stories am I telling (laughs) I have a lot I have a lot of sleep issues so so what I'm going to talk about next is narcolepsy Ooh, I have stories about that too Okay. Stories about everything. All right. So, um, specifically sleep paralysis. Do you have any? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should I go right into go, it? Go jump in. Okay. So first off, if you don't know what sleep paralysis is, it's where you wake up when you're in REM and your body's still paralyzed and there's different levels of like being paralyzed. So I first experienced this when I was five years old and obviously I didn't know what the hell was going on. I thought like, you know, a lot of people think it's like a demon strangling them or doing God knows what to them. It's very terrifying when you're in it. And even if you know scientifically like what's going on, it's very hard not to believe that something like that you're not being like attacked. Absolutely. By like God knows what spirit or thing. So when I was, yeah. So when I was five was the first time I remember experiencing it. I think I like woke up from a nap and went through all of that. And then when I was a teenager, I had really bad sleeping habits. I would go to sleep at like 2 a.m. And then obviously you have to get up for school by like 7 a.m. So number one, I another thing is that I slept a lot during class. Like I was the queen in high school, just sleeping through all my classes. Did they ever drug test you? At my high school, if you fell asleep during class, you got drug tested. No, but it would have been negative anyways, because I was not on drugs. Well, um, no. I know, I know, I know. Just saying. What they think kids are doing. But like, no, I never got drug tested. Um, But I would fall asleep real easily in class, and I would go straight to dreaming, like right away. Like immediately be knocked mm-hmm. out, and obviously some teacher would come over like bang on my desk or something, and then I would have to wake up, unfortunately. But, okay, so this is real weird. So during this time period when my sleep was very messed up, uh, it like I would often come home from school and take naps, and I would wake up in, like, sleep paralysis, and it was really scary to me. Um, for me personally, like, a lot of people, when they wake up, they can move their eyes so they can see things, and they have hallucinations, visual as well. But I never have visual hallucinations because my eyes are still – I can't open my eyes, so they're still shut – but I would hear people whispering creepy things Ugh. into my ear, um, people touching me all over. It could feel like they were touching me in a way to like kill me or it could feel more like a rapey touch. Either way, pretty creepy, right? Um, oh. <laughs> I want to like bookmark what you just okay. said about the, the sexual okay. sensation. Yes, because I've never heard anyone else who had that, but okay. well, you I will. experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, 
But during this time, I learned about... Wait, I have a question. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, was, yeah. The, was it a male or female presence? Now, I think I generally felt it was a male presence. Okay. And I know that a lot of people say they experienced like a witch or something, but yeah, I think yeah. mine was like a male like demon Ooh. figure if I had to, if I had to name it. So um, during this time period, I was also reading about like vivid dreaming online and like controlling your dreams. Yeah, lucid dreaming. Yeah, lucid. Yes, exactly. Sorry, that's that's what I meant. So I was reading about like lucid dreaming, and then I read this book called The Blue Girl, and it was a character named like Imogene, and she could like control her dreams and she had a whole different like reality out there so then I sort of gained control over my sleep paralysis by like learning lucid dreaming and doing what I wanted to do during my dreams like making myself fly or whatever I wanted to do but it got like real weird real quick and I felt weird like there were like presences around me like all the time and I I don't know if I was imagining it but doors seemed to be shutting a lot around me different things were happening there was a time when like in my dream I I knew that my sibling was in danger and when I woke up I went and I told my parents that my sibling had just been in a car accident and about a minute later they called and they said that they'd been in a car accident. Oh my goodness. And that really freaked me the yeah. F out. And then my mom was like, oh, that's just Jesus telling you things or whatever. So maybe I should have saved that story for like our weird, um, uh, like glitch in the whatever, glitch <gasps> in the matrix episode. But I felt that since this happened as a result of my sleep disorder and then learning to control my sleep that it was relevant. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty freaky story. But anyways, enough stuff happened that was creeping me out that I stopped lucid dreaming. I researched how to stop sleep paralysis. So getting, going to sleep at a normal time, waking up at a normal time, having a consistent sleep schedule. And the big thing was don't sleep on your back, sleep on your side. I've heard that. So I used to sleep on my back, which I'm sure was great for my face. And maybe that's why I don't have a lot of wrinkles, (laughs) but I had to teach myself to sleep on my side so that I wouldn't go into sleep paralysis. So you, you can actually buy devices that you put like on your back to stop you from sleeping on your back. We, mm-hmm. we recommend them sometimes for people with sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I just was able to teach myself. Now it's very hard for me to sleep on my back. There you go. Because I'm so used to side sleeping. But yeah, that's, that's some of my weird sleep stuff. I also know that I, from anyone who's shared a bed overnight with me more than a couple times that I, kick a ton in my sleep and that can just be like hyperactivity like people who are hyperactive they will it doesn't go away when you're sleeping I know um typical medication to help with that is guanfacine mm-hmm. also known as like 10x and then there's a different brand name for it as well is it robitussin too um I don't think so I just know that like uh for like if you're a child adolescent psychiatrist you just th- all the kids who are restless and I throw guanfacine to them but obviously as a person like I mean I don't know that I'm doing this and it isn't bothersome to me so like right. I would I took the medication a couple times and I'm like I don't care 
whatever. But I do have a lot of bruises on my legs, so they could be from that. Interesting. Like, you have a whole, like, life <laughs> while you sleep. Yes. Um, yeah, no, that's that's interesting, The what, what you said about the fact that it doesn't bother you. But a lot of times, I, I've had this conversation with, like a you know a couple that's in their 70s and um will say oh does um <laughs> this goes for either snoring oh does you know your husband snore or your wife snore oh i don't know uh we don't sleep in the same room oh why not oh because they snore or they kick in their sleep oh gosh right so yeah. it kind it kind of um people think things like this are normal and you know they may be but there's you know I'm all about making life, yeah, quality of life. If you want to sleep with your partner and you're like yeah. throwing punches in your sleep, <laughs> let's help you so yes. you can sleep with your loved one. <laughs> I think the funny part about like all my stories suggests that I'm a hardcore like sleeper, but I would say that I, I would identify myself as a really light sleeper, like now to sleep. I'm like, I need perfect temp control. Mm-hmm. I need my white noise on or some sort of soothing noise. I like, I have a weighted blanket. Um, and back in the day I had, when I was like in college and stuff, I had really bad insomnia, but it might've been because I was just drinking like 60 ounces of coffee yeah, and like med school too. But like now I definitely don't identify as having issues with insomnia, but I probably just have better sleep hygiene and stuff like that. Yeah. I love that word sleep hygiene. Yes. It's like my favorite term. So I, um, you were talking about lucid dreaming and, um, one time I was at work, I worked at a restaurant and, um, we were all, there was this, uh, one of the female waitresses or female servers rather, uh, everyone was making fun of her and I like walked over. I'm like, what, what's so funny? And they said, oh, you know, let's call her, I don't even know her name, what her name was, but, oh, Angela um, said that she's late for work because she dreamt that she woke up. And I was like, oh, that's happened to me. Yeah. And you, because you dream about what you're going to be doing the next day or you dream about your daily routine. Mm -hmm. So if you know that you're waking up and going to work, you most likely, you may dream about that as part of your dream. So that made sense to me. And then it kind of reminded me of Inception. Yes. And I know, and I don't, I can't tell you, I cannot tell you if this happened before I saw the movie, but I definitely noticed that I'll, I'll be dreaming and it kind of is like levels. Yes, 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 for sure. When I was like, before that movie came out, when I was like a kid, that would like happen a lot and there would be like levels. And then I think when I saw the movie, it like re-inspired some of that to occur again in my dreams. I haven't noticed it as a consistent theme presently, but I'm also don't have a lot of the sleep issues that I used to have because I am sleeping properly at night. And that does probably fix a lot of most people's issues. (laughs) It really does. But I, I have it almost as a reoccurring dream. And I'll be in the deepest stage of sleep, we'll say. And Mm -hmm. then I'll, quote unquote, wake up to a different level. And one thing is different about the level. And I have to try to figure it out before I can go to the next one. And it's always like a room with like a sliding glass door. And like I have a time limit that I have to figure out what's different. It kind of, it's probably dreaming about the movie. But (laughs) there, I do feel like each level is like a different level of deepness of being asleep. Yeah. And I'm progressively waking up towards you know, my lovely alarm clock. For sure. So narcolepsy. 
when you hear narcolepsy, you probably think of people that just fall asleep out of like out of nowhere, like Mr. Bean in mm-hmm. Rat Race. My favorite movie, by the way, Rat Race. But my favorite symptom is it called cataplexy. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, I know I'm skipping ahead, yes. but I just want to get there. I just want to get there. Favorite. Okay, okay. Sleep okay. paralysis is my first favorite. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when I was in high school, by the way, I like read about narcolepsy and thought that I might meet the criteria for it. Right. Or at least like on the milder spectrum that doesn't really like. But obviously, the first treatment for anything is sleep hygiene. So I just never had the cataplexy, but I ha- I think I hit most other things. Yeah. So it's actually, it is relatively common and it's actually classified as a hypersomnia. So, um, about one in 4,000, I believe is, is what I got as the, you know, prevalence. So the way it's diagnosed is with a sleep study where Mm -hmm. you are, you know, you have the electrodes on your head, um, and your muscles so that it measures your brain waves like I said, if you listen to the first episode, we can actually tell what levels of sleep you're in based on, we can't tell what you're thinking or what you're dreaming because that would be creepy, but we can kind of tell how deep into a sleep you are. And then it measures your muscle tone and your breathing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and also we can do a lumbar puncture to get spinal fluid and you could have a low Ooh. sleep hormone. It's called orexin. Hey. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Both a sleep study and a lumbar puncture, it's hard to get people to, you know, mm-hmm. do either of those things in just a routine visit. I get yeah. it. I mean, you're taking somebody with sleep issues and you're putting them in a sleep lab where they're hooked up to things and in a foreign mm-hmm. situation. It's just kind of backwards, but it is necessary. So uh, the symptoms include excessive daytime sleepiness. Check. <laughs> I'm checking, literally. Cataplexy, which is a sudden loss of muscle tone, and it's in response to a very strong emotion, usually a good one. Yeah. By the way, if you have never heard of cataplexy until now, you absolutely have to go on YouTube and look up cataplexy videos. You'll see like a lot of people with narcolepsy, they'll be like laughing really, really hard. And then they'll just like pass out on the ground or like they'll see like their dog or like their animal that they love. And then there's also videos of, of dogs with it. Oh, and goats. Yeah. And, and goats. Yeah. There's animals. So look that up if you haven't. It's pretty entertaining. To me, I think that's just kind of the purest, like you are so happy. Like your, your emotional response is so positive that you like you can't handle it. Your your oh, knees get yeah. your knees buckle. Um, that's probably an interesting way of looking at it. And I'm yeah. sure this is debilitating and probably embarrassing. I mm-hmm. would imagine, but um, so yeah. So usually, it's to a, a positive response. Um, and this is different. I have to tell you than fainting. Um, if you like receive bad news or good news and you faint, it's totally different because there's no loss of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, and it can be very brief. Yes. So you just kind of get back up. So uh, so excessive daytime sleepiness, cataplexy, trouble sleeping at night, and then hallucinations while falling asleep. And mm-hmm. like you had alluded to earlier, this is due to um, REM and dreams occurring too early in the sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. And then sleep paralysis. Yes. So I think that you know, when you're talking about sleep with your patients or, you know, even with your friends, I think there's a lot of, I didn't know that that was normal. Yeah. I didn't know that it happened to anyone else. So this is where I'm, I'm going to blow your mind. So sleep paralysis 
is accompanied by the sense of being watched, Mm -hmm. something creeping into your bedroom, and sitting on your chest. Mm -hmm. The chest or the sense of being held down is pretty well preserved over many, many cultures. So um, in Brazil, it's a dark creature with long fingernails. And this is just a cultural... um, Just to kind of show how each culture has kind of adopted, you know, made a word for it. Yeah. And, you know... Oh geez, the reason that <laughs> the reason that you know there there was exorcism back in the day and and people didn't have explanation for the science and and the medicine going on. So you know the world was very church focused and they to come up with explanations yeah, on why things happened. Obviously. They had to come up with you know kind of supernatural yeah reasons. So um, now that we know more, we are you know we know more, but it's. This to me is still important because you it's a, it actually is a sensation that you're experiencing. Yes. And it it has to do with something medical, something scientific. So in Brazil, they call it a uh, pisadera. In Spain, it's a black and I have to say everything's always dark, like yeah. a black because dog or cat that sits on your chest. Yeah, cuz it's dark in the room. Yeah. So you're seeing dark things. And the fear, I think yes. it, it Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in Canada, it's an old hag. Mm-hmm. In Vietnam, it's it translates into a pressing spirit. Um, in the Inuit culture, it's a shapeless, faceless presence. Oh, God. Take a moment to think think about that. A shapeless, Ugh, God. faceless presence. Oh, God, I'm going to have sleep paralysis tonight. <laughs> um, and now, going back to making it, you know, sexual, mm-hmm. there are... Uh, I think probably this started as like a myth, but there's incubus and succubus. Incubus is the male demon, quote unquote. Oh God, incubus was visiting me. You had incubus. But if it's the witch or the female presence who's trying to seduce you, that's succubus. Mm. Please leave me alone, incubus. Yeah. So... I just think that that's so interesting that this happened to enough people that they had to come up with, you know, stories and tales to I mean, when I was younger, I definitely, before I knew it was like a scientific thing, I totally thought there was like some demon visiting me. Like, Yeah. And that's scary. Yeah. I think that's the natural how, I mean, you, what you are experiencing only aligns with like what you each culture has taught like a dark presence or whatever like that's what you're experiencing so why wouldn't you think that right um and then this one i feel like this one kind of i must have read about maybe like a creepy pasta or thought catalog or something <laughs> back in the day way back and um i always thought sleep paralysis the sense of being watched, I had thought that uh, people reportedly over and over, different people had all said that they experienced a man with a hat and no face. Kind of like Slender Man. Oh, God. And the sense of being watched, like government, conspiracy, like things yeah. like that. And it's always, I, if please, if you are sitting next to a computer or phone, Google sleep paralysis demon and Google images it and you you won't sleep tonight yeah i've done that before i think it's but you know this kind of if you google it and humor me you will see how from 
every picture, every photograph, every artist depiction, obviously yeah. not a photograph, but every sketching, it, it all looks similar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I didn't have the visual component, but I had an imagination of what this thing looked like. And it was, you know, like a male demon thing, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I gave it a name. Yeah. Thank you, Incubus. Please leave me alone. Great band, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bringing us back. So I want, and this, the names of, of these um, spirits across the different cultures was from Nerdist.com. Mm-hmm. And um, getting back to the man with no face and a hat, I thought he was always in a suit um, when, when I had heard about it. But actually, there's some thought as to whether Freddy Krueger was inspired by the man with the hat that's watching you, mm-hmm. like a lurking presence. So, you know, that's also interesting. So, um... These, uh, the sleep paralysis is more common during waking, mm-hmm. which to me just sounds like the last thing I would need when I'm already running late for work. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Definitely was more common then. Yeah. And it's called um, hypnopompic. So when you have a hallucination or a sensation as you're falling asleep, it's called hypnagogic. And if it's while you're waking up, it's hypnopompic. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, to tie it back to you, a heightened sense of touch occurs during Ooh, sleep paralysis so that yes. you can relate to that mm-hmm. so that unfortunately <laughs> um you there is treatment for uh for narcolepsy i believe it's stimulants like uh, yes. provigil yes and yep. um if you think you have any of this you know please you don't have to suffer you're not alone other people have mm-hmm. this it's a real thing yeah. you're not crazy Go talk to your primary care doctor. Yeah, for sure. Good place to start. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's that's all I have. <laughs> so, we would love to hear your stories. And you know what we could do if someone submits, like, has a good enough story. We'll, I, we'll like, share it in a follow-up episode. Um, if it's really good, you could even like voice record it and send it to us. Yeah. But either way, I'm sure that some people have some wild stories out there and we'd like to hear them. Yeah. And I have a feeling a lot of it would be anecdotal. Like, yeah, my sister does this cause you yeah, wouldn't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sleep paralysis, you would know, but yeah. Um, and also for some of the pictures, um, of the demons that I described, if you're so inclined yeah. Try to put them on our website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And YouTube, everything. Well, maybe we'll include a couple links of good YouTube videos or whatever. Yeah. But anyways, thank, thank you, you for this console on Abnormal Sleep, and we will be back soon with another exciting and thrilling topic.